Facebook, Twitter, 24-7 news, talk radio, citizen journalism, fake news, real news. Audiences are drowning in an overwhelming overload of information. Clearly, a guidepost is needed to identify what is trustworthy and a reliable source of both news and information. Season two of the Delaware Humanities podcast, A Matter of Facts, delves into this topic. This year, examining more closely popular sources of news and information. The A Matter of Facts podcast is brought to you by Delaware Humanities, a state affiliate of the National Endowment for the Humanities. Its mission is to engage, educate, and inspire all Delawareans through cultural programming. We thank the Andrew W. Mellon Foundation for its generous support of this initiative and the Pulitzer Prizes for its partnership. A Matter of Facts is produced by Delaware Public Media, Delaware's source for NPR News. Thanks for joining us on the A Matter of Facts podcast. I'm your host, Tom Byrne. We're excited to begin a second season of this podcast, which will delve more deeply into a variety of popular sources of news and information. The first source we are examining this season is one familiar to anyone who does an online search. It's often one of the first results that you get, Wikipedia. It's also one that some people look askance at. I'm not just talking about school teachers who tell students they can't use the crowdsourced online encyclopedia as a primary source in their work. Can what's found on Wikipedia be considered authoritative? Does it face issues of bias in what it presents? And despite any issues it may or may not have, what value does Wikipedia have in providing information? To help us get a better understanding of Wikipedia, we are joined by Dr. Thomas Leach, professor of English at the University of Delaware. He was director of the Film Studies program previously offered at UD and one of the top experts on the work of Alfred Hitchcock. He's also the author of the book Wikipedia U, Knowledge, Authority, and Liberal Education in the Digital Age, in which he uses Wikipedia as a way to probe central assumptions behind liberal education and the question of who deserves to be called an authority. And that is why we've invited him to the podcast. Dr. Leach, thanks for being with us on the A Matter of Facts podcast. It's my pleasure, Tom. Uh, I know part of your background is uh, in film and expertise in film. Um, I'm curious how you kind of parlayed that into writing a book and having interest in things like Wikipedia and knowledge authority. Ah, parlayed. That's probably not the right word. Probably wandered into is more like it. It's, it actually begins in a funny story. Um, one day, oh, 10 years or so ago, I was teaching a course on Hollywood in the 1930s. And in order to establish some facts about the career of Fred Astaire, uh, I showed my students the Wikipedia entry on Astaire. Um, and I, I broadcast it in front of the room so we could all see it. Now, after we'd been talking about it for a few minutes, one of the students asked me to refresh the page. And when I did, I saw that a new line that he'd posted appeared right in the middle of the Fred Astaire entry. It said, hi, Dr. Leach. Uh, uh, of course, I knew that Wikipedia was the online encyclopedia that anyone could edit. I mean, that's their brand. But this was the first time I had ever seen the implications of that broad invitation for anybody to edit. And less than 20 minutes later, when the line suddenly disappeared from the page and the student who had posted it got a stern email warning, uh, warning him not to mess around with Wikipedia again. I got another lesson. Uh, the Fred Astaire site was a lot more effectively policed than I ever would have imagined. So a few years earlier, I'd written a book on film adaptation that Johns Hopkins University Press had published. 
And when Michael Lenegro, the editor who'd worked with me on that book, told me he was leaving the press, he said he didn't want to leave me high and dry. He would like me to sit down with him and brainstorm ideas for another book I could write for Johns Hopkins. Uh, so what had I been thinking about lately? And I started to talk about things that had come up. But the second I mentioned Wikipedia, and it was in connection with this class, he jumped all over it. So the challenge was not in deciding to write a book about Wikipedia. The press was interested in that from the beginning. The challenge was in deciding what it was that I wanted to say about Wikipedia. And it was quite a while before I decided that I wanted to use Wikipedia to talk about questions of authority, especially questions about why people believe the sources they believed and not alternative sources, a question that I thought people should have been asking about information culture long before Wikipedia came on the scene. So that was the background. So before we get into some of what the things you learned in, in putting that book together, uh, I just want to talk a little bit just broadly about Wikipedia itself. It's It's been around for a while now, nearly 20 years. Um, what can we say about how it operates now compared to when it first started and, and kind of the goals it started out with? Wikipedia was designed as a feeder encyclopedia for another project, a traditionally curated encyclopedia called Newpedia, N-U-P-E-D-I-A, that Jimmy Wales had hoped to launch. But the progress in generating um, entries for Newpedia was so slow that Wales and Larry Sanger, whom he had recruited to work on Newpedia, launched Wikipedia as a crowdsourced encyclopedia that could generate articles that could then be added to Newpedia. Of course, the rest is history. Uh, Wikipedia's success was so enormous and so rapid that it left Newpedia in the dust, and very few people these days even know what Newpedia was. Um, how has Wikipedia evolved since then? Um, Wikipedia was originally designed, as I said, to be a feeder, a source for articles from more traditionally curated online encyclopedia. What it's become instead is the kind of beau ideal of crowdsourced encyclopedias and crowdsourced information sources of all kind that, as its brand says, anyone can write and edit. Um, that's, that's something that's continued more or less unaltered in, I would say, the past 15 years or so. In terms of how it's kind of moved through the years, um, and just kind of based on what you talked about in that initial story, uh, has it become a little bit more tightly curated, a little bit more tightly monitored, or is it still, you know, maybe you know, not as as maybe curated or monitored as as, as what you might want or expect? That's a tough question to answer if, if those are my only two choices. I would say, on the whole, that the Wikipedia pages that I've had occasion either to edit myself or to use in different versions have indeed be, been quite tightly monitored and curated, but not by central authorities. They've by and large been monitored and curated by editors who have decided we are the experts on this subject, and we're going to adopt this page. Uh, we're going to monitor it closely, or we're going to create bots that will monitor it closely, and we're going to make sure that nobody colors outside the lines. Um, so the, there is a great deal of policing going on in Wikipedia, but you might describe it as decentralized policing, even vigilante policing, mm -hmm. rather than centralized police state policing. And I guess kind of underneath that policing, do we have a sense at this juncture of uh, you know, who is contributing these days? Uh, and, and I guess obviously there's not a kind of typical Wikipedia contributor, but um, do we have a sense of, you know, 
you know, who who the the broadly the, the the people who are contributing to this are? Well, the overwhelming number of people who contribute to Wikipedia and indeed who edit it are anonymous. They're only identified by names that they created themselves, so we don't know who they are. Nonetheless, we have educated guesses about who they are, and the educated guesses suggest that overwhelmingly contributors, at least to the English language Wikipedia, are young, white, and male. Uh, surprisingly young, I would say. We don't have hard data on this, or rather we have a very limited amount of hard data. And I doubt that the articles on theoretical physics, always a sticking point for Wikipedia, by the way, are being <laughs> curated by 15-year-olds um, from high school who are filling up their extra time while they're home with the coronavirus. Um, even so, uh, I think that it's a safe bet that the typical Wikipedia contributor is a young white male. How much does that kind of raise a question of of bias on Wikipedia? In other words, we're not seeing minority points of view or minority contributions or even women. Um, that, that seems to be one of the major complaints is that that there is, based on what you're saying, there there is a, a certain perspective that comes through on Wikipedia because you're missing perhaps voices from minority communities and, and from women. That is absolutely true. And I'm constantly amazed that I don't find more online complaints about the racial and ethnic biases of Wikipedia. I have found numerous complaints about the gender biases of Wikipedia. Um, I don't know why that's so. But of course, and it, I would certainly agree with everything that you've said, Tom. Wikipedia is definitely biased by excluding, not by design, uh, but more or less by accident, uh, lots of viewpoints. On the other hand, as a scholar of Wikipedia, uh, I think that that's a really interesting teaching point to bring up because it raises the question, well, if you think Wikipedia is biased, can you point to information sources that are not biased, that do not exclude um, certain points of view, either systematically and deliberately or accidentally? And here it seems to me we immediately get onto much murkier ground. Wikipedia is surely biased, but what are the sources that you want to cite that are not biased instead? Which I guess this kind of comes to the point of, of your book and some of the things you, you bring out in that book. I mean, you you had written in that book that Wikipedia content is kind of governed on these three principles of neutral point of view, verifiable, not based on original research, but in some ways that these principles are, are paradoxical because of the nature of, of what you were examining in this book, you know, authority and knowledge authority. Can you talk a little bit more about, I guess, you know, that kind of that kind of disconnect between Wikipedia's principles and, and, and perhaps like what we're actually getting in terms of authoritative information? Yeah, this is a great question, but it's a very complicated question, too. I'll, I'll try to take these things one at a time. Sure. Forgive me, this is kind of a deep dive. Understood. Um, I would say at the outset, it's not so much that we're getting a break between Wikipedia's principles and the application of the principles, is that the principles themselves turn out to be much slipperier than you might think from the way that they're phrased. Uh, for instance, the first one, uh, the, the neutral point of view. Uh, that's by no means unique to Wikipedia. Lots and lots of sources uh, claim to be neutral. Uh, I think that Fox News retired their slogan, We Report, You Decide, right. in 2017. Um, I don't know how that slogan had lasted for such a long time, but Fox clearly wanted to believe, wanted its viewers to believe we are a neutral news source, so it's not just Wikipedia. Um, the simplest way to, to indicate the paradox at the heart of this assumption is the very commonsensical observation that even though an awful lot of people think that their point of view about important topics is neutral, uh, people keep disagreeing with each other about an awful lot of things. So if you take the long view, 
you can see that even though different points of view might be more or less defensible, they're not more or less neutral. Um, even though you might believe, for instance, that the Earth is round. I'm, I'm assuming, without having asked, that you do believe that the <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Earth is round. But somebody from the Flat Earth Society can always come along to claim that an article on Wikipedia or elsewhere citing this information isn't neutral because it doesn't take the beliefs of the Flat Earth Society into consideration. And if you said, well, yeah, but we've had hundreds of years of detailed observations of planetary motions, and more recently we've had photographs of Earth from outer space, that show conclusively that it's round, the flat earth people would undoubtedly reply, well, th you know, those, um, that information is inaccurate, and the photographs were faked. I mean, do you really believe that people went out of space and took pictures of the Earth? How naive. Um, and this example in particular, I mean, flat Earth versus round Earth, suggests how very unhelpful it would be to suggest that when people disagree about something like whether the Earth is round or flat, the neutral point of view would be to compromise, because the truth must lie somewhere in between. Uh, so, complications of neutral point of view. Uh, verifiability. Verifiability is paradoxical because Wikipedia's claims to authority are ultimately based on its demand. This is an even more fundamental demand that all factual claims users make in Wikipedia articles have to be based on information in reliable print sources. That's the phrase, reliable print sources. So Wikipedia doesn't claim to be presenting the truth. It only claims to be presenting what you might call a digest of what reliable print sources consider the truth. But the whole business of scholarly publishing in my neck of the woods, for example, suggests that you can find reliable print sources on any subject that disagree with other print sources that are just as reliable. This is what keeps scholars like me writing all the time, disagreeing with other people. Uh, we're in business to disagree. So depending on print sources, as Wikipedia insists on doing, just means that you're punting or outsourcing questions of authority to somebody else, which, by the way, is what most of us end up doing with all questions of authority, even if they have nothing to do with Wikipedia. You know, the old story is... Uh, what what sustains the earth? Well, it's held up by a giant. Yes, but what sustains the giant? Well, the giant stands on the back of uh, of an enormous ox. Yes, but what holds up the ox? Well, the ox stands on a turtle. Well, what does the turtle stand on? And at this point, the, the philosopher becomes exasperated and says, I'm sorry, but it's turtles all the way down. <laughs> uh, we can ask for your authority for something, and we can ask for your authority for saying that that something is, is an authority, but sooner or later, we have to be to give up and punt. And that's what Wikipedia does. Finally, Wikipedia's injunction against original research guarantees that it can't possibly be any more authoritative than its sources. Um, and since it limits the sources you can cite to reliable print sources, it bars a great deal of highly relevant information. Uh, probably the best example I know of to illustrate the problems that arise from Wikipedia's position is Coleman Silk, the fictional hero of Philip Roth's novel, The Human Stain. For years, uh, a rumor had circulated that this character, who's an African-American intellectual who passes for white, was actually based on the mixed-race New York Times book reviewer Anatole Broyard. And eventually that rumor made it into the Wikipedia entry on the novel. So Philip Roth wrote to Wikipedia to say, this rumor is not true. The character is actually based not on Broyard, but on Princeton sociologist Melvin Tooman, who's an old friend of mine. But Wikipedia refused to change the entry because Roth was not considered a reliable source. 
Um, <laughs> no reliable print source supported his claim. It was just an autobiographical name. What he was basically saying was, trust me. And Wikipedia said, no, we're not in the business of trusting people. We're only in the business of trusting reliable print sources. This is considered original research. And Wikipedia doesn't allow original research on its pages. Roth had to keep this argument up for years until Wikipedia finally backed down, I think very shortly before he died. Nice to know that the timing was there. So I guess, you know, having said all that, um, you know, how does the authoritativeness of Wikipedia stack up with what we would consider kind of traditional sources of knowledge, academic knowledge in terms of authority and you know, reliability for someone who's trying to find out what they need to know about a certain subject. The source that Wikipedia is traditionally compared to and was for years is Encyclopedia Britannica. Mm -hmm. There are obvious advantages that Britannica has. It's written by duly credentialed experts in its field. It's edited by central authorities, although the authorities are not usually subject authorities. They're usually format authorities. Um, and it's updated periodically under fairly rigorous centralized quality control. Um, all these things are true, but there are advantages that Wikipedia has over Britannica, too. It's updated constantly, so it's much more up-to-date. Um, it doesn't have to wait 10 years or more for new updates. It's much more sensitive to shifts in knowledge and belief. One might say that that's a disadvantage as well as an advantage. Um, and it contains many, many, many more pages and articles than Britannica could ever hope to do. Uh, years and years ago, the journal Nature um, did a study, a comparative study of errors in Wikipedia and in Britannica. And although there were more errors in Wikipedia, there were not as many more as you might think, and they weren't that much more serious either. So Britannica's claims to be pushing the real story as opposed to the false story that you found in Wikipedia were pretty thoroughly debunked. And by now, Britannica has gone out of business and no longer issues print encyclopedias, but only an online encyclopedia, which tries to borrow some of the advantages of Wikipedia. Comparing Wikipedia Wikipedia to academic books is a very different exercise because, as I just said, academics love to disagree with each other. They do it all the time. So when you go into a university library looking up books on Shakespeare, you're going to find all sorts of different theories, beliefs, premises about Shakespeare's plays, many of which are going to be in direct conflict with each other, and the burden is on you to decide which of these do I want to believe and how. Um, that's something, that's a problem, it seems to me, that Wikipedia puts front and center in a way that encyclopedias like Britannica don't do. Britannica says, well, you came looking for the facts, and here they are, the end. That's not what encyclopedias ought to be doing, in my view. And I guess you know, the, the other question some people do bring up about, about a Wikipedia is, um, I guess, and it goes back to the original story you told, that you know, because it can be edited real time, there is the, the possibility of... Um, you know, fake news, or I guess what they call kind of Wikipedia vandalism, where people kind of just hijack something for their own purposes that may be less likely to happen in obviously a, a academic sphere or in an actual, you know, Britannica-like encyclopedia sphere. Uh, ha has Wikipedia been able to kind of get its arms around how to handle that particular problem? The prediction long ago that people made about Wikipedia was that it would get worse and worse over time because crowdsourced encyclopedias were inherently unreliable. In fact, most observers now, I think, would acknowledge that Wikipedia has gotten better and better over time. But better doesn't mean perfect. 
Uh, at any given moment, on any given day, there are going to be thousands of Wikipedia articles with misinformation, thousands more with disinformation, and thousands more with vandalism, graffiti. Um, that's deplorable, but most of those misinformations, disinformations, graffiti don't last for very long. Um, Wikipedia then bears repeated checking. If you find an article on Monday morning that seems to you suspect, you should go back and check it on Thursday afternoon and see if it's any different. This, of course, creates a kind of a vertigo among most researchers because they want what they read to be true always and everywhere. Wikipedia doesn't work like that, and therefore it invites and pretty much demands a different kind of attitude when you read it and when you use it. Even though it, pre- it presents a different attitude, is it still fair to say that both Wikipedia and your traditional sources of information still require perhaps the same rigor of the person using them to kind of check them and to question them and to dig a little deeper. Tom, I couldn't have put that any better myself. I wish I could take you into all my classes so people could hear that from somebody who was not me. Yeah, the big for me, the biggest takeaway from Wikipedia is that it teaches you something that you should have been asking long before Wikipedia came along, and that is, what do I believe and why do I believe it? Uh, that's probably the single most valuable lesson about authority that people can learn. Not which authorities do you believe, but why do you believe the authorities that you believe, and how should you believe them, and how should you go on day after day after day living your belief? Having said that, um, you know, how, do you, how do you see Wikipedia as a tool for, let's, let's go with kind of the most basic things, students? I mean, certainly I know I have a, a son who's in, in elementary school, and one of the first things they're, they're, they say to him as he's starting to learn how to do research reports is, you can't cite Wikipedia as a primary source. Uh, from your standpoint, as a teacher, you know, what do you say to students about using Wikipedia as they kind of delve into research in any any subject? I mean, is it a is it a reasonable source to use, or is it something that is the entryway to do further research? I hope that your son is not listening to this broadcast because what I say to my own students is, you want to use Wikipedia? Absolutely, as long as you identify it as your source. Um, I think the reason that I handle this problem differently than the teachers that your son has is because my goal in teaching college is not to lead students away from fake sources to unimpeachable sources. In some ways, my goal is almost exactly the opposite, uh, to teach students how to read all the sources that they cite critically and how to use all of them thoughtfully instead of just assuming that if it says so in a book or online, it must be true. And by the way, although you didn't ask it, you should know that I use Wikipedia myself every week. And I, was um, going, I, I don't spend as long on it as I did when I was writing about it, but I rarely come away from it without learning something new that I value. And I guess that's the, that's the kind of inherent question is, uh, you know, at what point do you have students who are able to properly discern how to discern how to work in this information world and, and be discerning learners about it. And, and I guess that's at some point, maybe my son does need to be taught that maybe it's not right now as he's just learning the process of writing research papers. But at some point later, he should he should be taught what you're saying. Absolutely. Um, I think that right now what he's learning or the way that he's learning might be likened to learning how to ride a two wheel bicycle with training wheels. 
uh, there's a time when that's developmentally not only appropriate but necessary unless you want to get uh, skinned knees all the time. Uh, but after a while, for instance, when you enter the Tour de France, the training wheels are just going to slow you down and you want to get rid of them. Sometime in the middle, you have to learn how to get along without training wheels. And it's not just you give up the training wheels, but you develop better strategies of your own. Uh, a problem with Wikipedia is a problem it shares with all other information sources. Wikipedia doesn't teach you how to read it critically. The only thing that will teach you that is having a wide range of information sources at your disposal and then deciding for yourself how you're going to weigh them differently. So having said all that, uh, do you have kind of your own kind of best practices for how people should go about using Wikipedia? I have nothing original to say. The cliche, of course, is that Wikipedia is a great place to start your research on almost any topic and a terrible place to end. Uh, Wikipedia is a wonderful source of information for low-stakes activities like settling arguments with your spouse. Uh, <laughs> for higher-stakes activities like writing a book, it is still a great place to gather material that will help you to think harder about what you're doing. And if you can take Wikipedia articles with a grain of salt, which is the way that you ought to take absolutely any source of information, then it provides as a bonus a great deal of provocation to reflect on the whole business of what it means to gather and curate authoritative knowledge. What do you see as the future of Wikipedia? Where do you see it kind of going from here? It's funny you should ask, because when I wrote five years ago, I sketched out, I think, three very detailed blueprints for its future. And since then, two things have happened that have really caught me off guard. Um, one of them is that despite recently posting its, I think, six millionth English language article, Wikipedia has actually gone into a decline in terms of global internet engagement. Um, it's in 2017 and 2018, it was the fifth most visited and used website. In 2020, it's the 11th most visited sites. Um, other informational sites that weren't configured like encyclopedias have competed with it more and more sec successfully. But another related development is much more important, and that is something that you adverted to a few minutes ago, the rise and spread of fake news which established Wikipedia, which had regularly been accused of being a fake encyclopedia, even by critics who never used that term, as the direct ancestor of fake news. To me, the single most compelling reason to talk about Wikipedia these days is that whatever you think about it, defending your opinion forces you to think about authority and trust, not only why you trust the news sources you do, but how you trust them. Um, I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, Walter Cronkite ended his evening TV news broadcast every day by telling me, and that's the way it is. Mm -hmm. And every time he said that, I believed him. But I shouldn't have believed him. Or at the very least, I should have taken what he said with a grain of salt. I should have accepted it not as the facts or the truth, but as Walter Cronkite's good faith take on the facts and the truth. And spending more time thinking and talking about Wikipedia, I think, is a perfect preparation for thinking and talking more critically about how to read the news. N not just fake news, but real news, which we ought to be taking with a grain of salt, too. Which brings me to our final question, and the way we end every podcast is by asking each of our guests, where do you get your news on a daily basis? What are your favorite news sources, your go-to news sources? I can tell you where I get my news, but it would be very hard for me to tell you my favorite news sources. I start each day with three daily newspapers, the News Journal, the Philadelphia Inquirer, and the New York Times. Uh, during the day, 
which I spend most of on a terminal, especially these days, I check in with online sources like Politico, CNN, and the 538. Uh, at 11 o'clock each night, while my wife is watching network TV news, uh, I sit with her and spend half an hour going through my news feed, which includes everything from Vanity Fair to Fox News to National Review. And I would hate to give up any of these sources. So instead of having a single favorite source, my favorite way to get news is by having lots and lots of sources so that I don't fall into the t- temptation of trusting any one of those sources too uncritically. Dr. Thomas Leach, professor of English at the University of Delaware and author of Wikipedia U, Knowledge, Authority, and Liberal Education in the Digital Age. Thank you so much for joining us on the A Matter of Facts podcast. I'm much obliged that you're giving me a social event during these social distancing days, Tom. Thanks for listening to this episode of the A Matter of Facts podcast. The A Matter of Facts podcast is brought to you by Delaware Humanities, a state program of the National Endowment for the Humanities. Its mission is to engage, educate, and inspire all Delawareans through cultural programming. We thank the Andrew W. Mellon Foundation for its generous support of this initiative and the Pulitzer Prizes for its partnership. A Matter of Facts is produced by Delaware Public Media, Delaware's source for NPR News.